brethren, Brother Bob here again. I'm going to be doing a two-part podcast on the topic, Who Says That Christians Are No Longer Under the Law? I cannot tell you how many times I have heard, I am not under the law, I'm saved by grace. I bet you have heard this concept numerous times in your own life. Maybe you even believe that idea. Sadly, most in the church believe that being saved by grace means that the Lord does not require or demand that his children obey his commandments. Side note, let me clarify something right away. God's law and God's commandments are synonymous. That means that they are one and the same. The Lord does not have a separate set of laws and a separate set of commandments. God's commandments are God's laws. Of course, in the church age, there are some biblical commandments that are no longer applicable for the church age. An example of that being all those Old Testament laws, i.e. commandments, pertaining to temple worship. They no longer apply for the church age. However, in the Old Testament, God's established moral laws, i.e. moral commandments, pertaining to sins like adultery, homosexuality, incest, witchcraft, murder, etc., etc., are still relevant today in the church age. God has not changed his condemnation of sins like adultery, homosexuality, incest, rape, witchcraft, sorcery, and murder in the church age. The only thing that is different about God's Old Testament moral laws is that in church age, God's people do not have the authority to enforce the death penalty consequences of those unrepentant sins on the people. Because the church is not an independent, authoritative, governing nation like Israel was, but a people who are under the authority of others. The only place God's people have the authority to enforce God's moral law, i.e. moral commandments, is in a church setting. And even then, church believers do not have the authority to hang or stone unrepentant church sinners. The only option for dealing with unrepentant sinners in a church setting is to put them out. Sadly, there is not a lot of putting out unrepentant sinners going on in the church these days. Remember what Christ said, a little leaven leavens the whole loaf. But that's a different topic for a different time. Back to my topic. Sadly, many in the church these days foolishly think that the Lord is much more concerned about believers being happy than being obedient. For Brother Bob, I am not under the law. I am saved by grace. Most times you will hear words similar to these coming out of a Christian's mouth when they are challenged or questioned about why they are not being obedient to God's word. My response to those believers who say that they are not under the law is, what does being saved by grace even have to do with not being under God's law, or for that matter, any laws? I'm going to say this sarcastically. The next time you not under the law believers get pulled over for speeding, try telling the officer, hey, you can't give me a speeding ticket. I'm a Christian, and I'm not under the law. Here's another good one for you. I'm no longer under the law believers. What would you say if your 14-year-old son or daughter tells you, Hey, Dad, I just figured out that I don't need to obey you because I too believe that I am not under the law. Basically, God's laws or commandments relay the idea of obey them and live. While the concept of living in God's grace says, Because I am already alive because of Christ, I choose to obey God's commandments. Here's an example of the law of God at work. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Here's the Lord speaking. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I'm about to set before my people commandments of life and death, a blessing and a curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. 
Now, after the Lord shares this verse, he follows it up with the whole bunch of commandments, i.e. laws, that he expected his children to obey or else. The Lord's concept about his commandments was simple. God says, do as I command you, and you will live long and prosper. However, if you choose to not do as I've commanded you, I will make your life miserable. Many in the church today would say, that's not the Lord of the Scriptures that I know, to which I say, that's because many of you do not know the Lord of the Scriptures. Or you might believe in God, but many in the church do not truly believe in what God says in His Word. Here's an example of what happened to church believers when they chose to live flippant, lukewarm, arrogant Christian lives. 1 Corinthians 11, 27-30, So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. This is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drink the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment on yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. Yes, the Lord can command that his people obey him or else. So the idea is do the commandments and live. It is important to understand that in the Old Testament, keeping the law did not redeem a person's eternal soul. Keeping the law of God is not what washes away sin. In fact, trying to keep God's law perfectly revealed to us just how sinful we really are. And since no one but Christ kept the law of God perfectly, that means that we are all condemned to hell by the law because the scriptures tell us that whoever is guilty of disobeying one law is just as guilty as a person who does not keep any of God's laws. Well, there was a time when the people of Israel would go to the temple and get temporary cleansing for their sin. But those temple sacrifices did not permanently, i.e. eternally, cleanse, i.e. wash away or remove anyone's sins. It was faith in a Redeemer that eventually paid for those sins. Anyways, I digress again. I'm sure you've noticed that I do a lot of that, brethren. Back to my topic, Christians under the law. So, what is the main verse that most Christians use to justify the teaching that church-age believers are no longer to obey the laws of God? It's Romans 6.14. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. I sincerely believe that this is one of the most abused scriptures amongst Christians today. Let me explain what is meant, what Paul is saying in Romans 6.14. First of all, let me say that the Apostle Paul, speaking for the Lord, was not teaching that God's kids no longer had to obey the commandments, i.e. the laws of God. Second of all, let me say that in no way was the Apostle Paul saying that God's laws, i.e. commandments, are not important. So please listen to me carefully. Sin does have the upper hand over a person who is under the law. And why is that? It is because God's laws, i.e. commandments, tells the believer what to do, but does not give them the power to do it. Again, God's commandments tell the believer what to do, but does not give them the power to do it. Brethren, there is no power in God's commandments. Keeping God's law is good, but just keeping God's law does not change our sinful hearts of stone into compassionate hearts of servitude. Only the Holy Spirit has the power to change us. Now again, Keeping God's laws is a good thing, but there is no supernatural life-changing power event that takes place 
when the people choose to obey God's commandments. And unfortunately, because all humans are sinners, knowing God's laws actually turns on our sinful flesh so that our sinful flesh pushes us to do the very thing that the law told us not to do. Romans chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Well then, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would never have known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said so. The law said you must not covet. But my sinful flesh used this command or used this concept to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If there were no law, sin would not have that power. The Apostle Paul here is just matter-of-factly stating that when his rotten sinful flesh hears, maybe for the first time, that coveting is sinful, my flesh, my sinful flesh, uses that knowledge to corrupt me more as it tries to push me to covet all kinds of stuff. So what the Apostle Paul is saying here in Romans 6.14, For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law but under grace. In the church age, believers are no longer under the burden or authority of trying to keep just the law, which is very, very difficult to do all by ourselves. Brethren, there are hundreds of New Testament church laws or commandments that the Lord expects us to keep. And no matter how sincere we are, we cannot do it ourselves. Our rotten flesh is going to keep corrupting us and taking it down. So today in the body of Christ, God's people have a supernatural helper, i.e. the Holy Spirit, who is with us to help us overcome the power of sin in our lives. So that means we're not under the burden of trying to keep God's commandments all by ourselves. As the believers in the Old Testament had to. In the church age, if we choose to walk with the Lord, according to his word, the Holy Spirit will be there for us to strengthen, guide, and enlighten us. Our Old Testament brethren did not have this spiritual perk in their lives. And how grace comes into play is if we mess up, i.e. sin, which we will do because we are sinners, while striving to walk with our Lord, we can approach God's throne and get refreshed, i.e. cleanse, and keep moving forward, knowing that our spiritual walk will get better and stronger the more we walk in obedience to God's laws. And brethren, being under God's grace does not mean the Lord is going to do everything for us. It simply means that in the church age, we no longer need to worry about keeping God's laws, i.e. commandments, perfectly, all by ourselves, using our flesh. We have the Holy Spirit to help us. And in the church age, we no longer need to be concerned about trying to walk righteously without supernatural help. Remember, the brethren in the Old Testament did not have the Holy Spirit living inside them to help them walk the talk. And actually, this makes us more accountable, brethren, because now we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We have no excuse for not walking in a manner worthy. Brethren, keeping God's laws, i.e. commandments, is just as important today in the church age as it was in the Old Testament. But praise God, we no longer need to go through all those temple animal sacrifices for our sins. The Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter, speaking for God, handed out hundreds of New Testament church commandments, i.e. laws, that the Lord expects believers to obey. Laws about how to use tongues properly. There's laws for divorce and remarriage. There's laws on separation. There's laws on elder and deacon qualifications. Laws of giving. There's laws on what believers can do to please the Lord, etc., etc., etc. Brethren, there are literally hundreds of New Testament church laws or commandments that the Lord expects believers to be under. 
By that I mean to be under the authority of or to be expected to obey. So let me be logical. If the good Lord does not expect born-again believers to keep his law, i.e. commandments, why, oh why, oh why, would the Lord give the Apostle Paul all those new church commandments to hand down to the sheep? Brethren, you are aware that all those New Testament church epistle commandments are God's laws, aren't you? And brethren, you are aware, aren't you, that where the New Testament church epistles tell believers to do this or to not do this, those are God's laws. And I promise you that if you choose to genuinely and sincerely walk with the Lord, striving to keep God's laws will not be something you do with a grumbling attitude. Oh, well, none of us are going to keep all of God's laws perfectly. The Lord knows that. However, if we are truly walking with Christ, the Holy Spirit will continue to soften our fleshly hearts and move us to obey the Lord with a joyous spirit. 1 John 5, 3 said, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. The only thing that makes God's commandments burdensome is our flesh. And if we let our life be run by our flesh, we're always going to be complaining about God's word. Again, there are hundreds of New Testament church commandments that the Lord expects his children to obey with a good attitude. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3-5 through 5. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. If someone claims, I know God, but does not obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But the one who does obey God's word truly shows how completely they love the Lord. That is how we know we are living in him and for him. Again, I want to reiterate, the word commandments is the same as the word laws. Brethren, do not allow yourself to be led astray by ignorant Bible teachers who continually tell you that the scriptures teach in the church age that believers are not expected to keep God's laws. James 4.11 Do not speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you are criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey God's law and not to judge whether it applies to you. Again, Romans 6.14 For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law but under grace. If I was to read a few verses further on in Romans chapter 6, we would see that the same Apostle Paul tells believers that disobedience to God's law results in death. In fact, one of the most abused verses in scriptures, Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, is written for church people. Romans 6.23 has as much application today for church people than it did 2,000 years ago. And where is the grace in this verse? People, you need to understand that being born again does not mean that you can disobey God's commandments thinking that God's grace will overlook that disobedience. There's a difference between stumbling or struggling with being obedient and just being rebellious and outward disobedient. We do have a Savior who can relate to our struggles, but that Savior does not relate to our rebelliousness. If we choose to openly disobey God's laws, we are walking on very thin spiritual ice. Brethren, the consequences of disobeying God's New Testament church commandments, i.e. laws, is just as serious today as it was in Moses and David's day. Unfortunately, a lot of people seem to be getting away with open rebelliousness to God's word. Well, the judgment seat, this will all be revealed. It will all come out, and there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be sorrowful and regretful because they chose to ignore God's word. 
Well, I have six reasons, there's probably a lot more, for keeping God's laws. Six biblical reasons. There's a six-fold purpose, I think, why it's important for Christians to be under God's law. I'm going to go through them as slow as possible, so take notes. Reason number one. One reason for Christians to obey God's laws is that it keeps us in a personal abiding relationship with our Heavenly Father. John 15, 9-10. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you, abiding my love. If you keep my commandments, then you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. A Christian with a genuinely thankful heart will want to abide, i.e. be in fellowship with their Savior. And striving to abide with the Lord guarantees that a believer will hear, well done, good and faithful servant, at their judgment seat. And those whom the Lord deems faithful will merit some pretty amazing eternal benefits and rewards. Abiding, i.e. walking with the Lord, also allows the believer to confess any new sins they might commit. You have to go to 1 John chapter 1, verse 6-9. through 9. This is kind of important. Again, I just want to clarify that it's impossible to be abiding with the Lord, unless you're a brand new believer and you don't know your scriptures, but you're 5, 10, 15, 20 years in the Lord. It's impossible to be abiding with the Lord if you're not keeping his commandments. It's just impossible. So when I use the word, if you're abiding, that means that you're walking in obedience to God's word. So the verse I want to look at here is 1 John 1, 7. But if, the word if is an important word. If we walk in the light, that means if we are abiding with the Lord, walking in the light means that we're choosing to walk with the Lord. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, then, uh, then is another word, conditional word, then we have fellowship with one another, and then uh, the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. There's a silly idea here that just because you're born again, all your sins are covered and forgotten as far as the east is from the west. That's just not true. That's not true. There'd be no need for confession and repentance if, if all our sins are covered. To be in fellowship or to be abiding with the Lord means to have a close, intimate, open, and honest spiritual relationship with both our Savior and our Heavenly Father. And this can only be accomplished if we're doing what His Word says. As I mentioned before, this walk sanctification is only accomplished by being obedient to the laws of a holy God as we walk by faith. We can't ignore God's Word and then think we're walking with the Lord. It doesn't work that way. If you're truly in fellowship with the Lord, your prayers, your worship, and your love for the one who died for you are not going to be lukewarm or lazadaisical or confused or in and out, up and down. Okay, there's going to be a steady growing and maturing in the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that believers don't have bad days. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about if you have a consistently lukewarm, lazadaisical attitude towards the things of the Lord, you're not abiding. Because if you're abiding with the Lord, you have no choice but to change. See, the good Lord offered the sinner the incredible opportunity to choose through their own free will to be in God's family. But our Heavenly Father doesn't just want sinners to choose to be in the family of God. Once they're in the family, through faith in Christ, our Heavenly Father also wants them to choose to be pleasing children. And this can only happen if we are striving to walk, i.e. live, according to God's commandments. God is not pleased with Lone Ranger believers who choose to do whatever seems right in their own eyes. Considering all that Christ went through to save sinners from the hell we all deserve, the very least Christians should want to do is to diligently serve him. Considering all that Christ has done for the Christian, what other motivation do we need for serving him?
Here's another reason that Christians should obey, i.e. be under God's laws, is that so that it can keep the church, i.e. the body of Christ, functioning as a holy unit. 2 Corinthians 7.1, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Again, one of the purposes for being under God's laws is it keeps the church pure. 1 Corinthians 5.11-13, But actually I wrote to you, believers, not to associate with any other so-called brother or sister if they are immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard or a swindler, don't even eat with them, Paul said. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Isn't it your job to judge those who are within the church? But those who are outside the church, God judges. But you need to judge and remove the wicked man from amongst yourselves. This is part of keeping the church pure. Here's one more. There are a lot more other ones. 1 Corinthians 5, 1-6. It is actually reported that there is immorality among you. An immorality of such kind that does not even exist among the pagan Gentiles. Someone has his father's wife. we got some incest going on. And you believers have become arrogant and have not removed this man from your midst. Your boasting is not good, Paul goes on to say later on. Do you know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? Those are commandments there. Get the guy out. If he's living a lifestyle that's perverted and sexually immoral, get him out of the church. Don't tolerate it. Many of us know how spiritually messed up the Christian church is out there today. Very few Christians want to obey God's laws. Or when they do, they pick and choose which ones they like to obey. Most Christian leaders can week after week spew out sweet-sounding, rhetorical, pious-sounding things about Christ or the apostles or even the men of old and yet don't have a clue on what's up from down when it comes to sound biblical doctrine. There are biblical laws for establishing qualified leadership in the church, just as there are biblical laws for dealing with Christian leaders who disqualify themselves from leadership. The Lord does not want a bunch of spiritual dimwits teaching the sheep. Most Christian churches don't even look at the leadership qualifications for the shepherds they pick, and they wonder why their churches are in such a spiritual mess. Again, the Bible says a little leaven leavens a whole lump. You're supposed to get the leaven out of the church. That's a commandment from the Lord. Again, we're not talking about people that struggle with sin. We're talking about believers who are openly rebellious to God's commandments. So again, a great reason for, for being under God's laws is it helps to keep the church pure. God's law establishes law and order in the church. Any church that does not use God's rules, i.e. God's laws, to abide by, is a church full of anarchy and a church full of anything goes. God's law is to be obeyed by the Christians so that the church is not burdened down with lawbreakers. Even though the true body of Christ is made up of sinners, the Christians in those churches are still expected to strive to walk in a manner of holiness. When it comes to God's church, the Lord is hoping, just like he did with the nation of Israel, to make himself a holy in their walk people who have a heart's desire to be holy because God is holy. And brethren, you can't do that unless you're keeping God's commandments. It says in Titus 2.14, Christ who gave himself up for us so that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good works. Here's another reason for Christians to obey God's law or to be under God's law. 
Our obedience to God's law allows believers to become a shining testimony for Jesus Christ. Christians are supposed to be spiritual light in a world of darkness. Matthew 5.16, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. We can't be lights in the darkness if we're not keeping the law of God. I'm being sarcastic when I give this example, but it's like, yeah, me and the woman that I'm shacked up with are definitely trying to be lights for Jesus. We're going down to the rescue mission every Wednesday night after we spend a few hours at the local gambling casino. I think you get my point. Christians are supposed to be ambassadors for Christ. What kind of ambassador ignores his government's rules or protocol to instead do what is right in his own eyes? A Christian's behavior, whether good or bad, has got a lot to do with getting unbelievers saved or turning them away from the Lord. Romans 13.3, For rulers are not a cause for fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the authority. Even the secular world sees through the Christian hypocrites. If Christians are going to be used by the Lord and to be a true, genuine life for the Lord, they must obey God's laws. God's laws show the Christian how to have the proper behavior and the proper walk and how to maintain a godly character in a world that's hurting and looking for sincere walk-to-talk men and women of God. Sadly, many in the church today are so caught up in the ways of the world that it's hard to tell the difference between the saved and the unsaved. 1 Peter 2.12, Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may on account of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in their day of visitation. And just in case you weren't aware of it, you and I, i.e. Christians, are all that God's got to work with when it comes to getting out the true gospel of Christ to a dying world. You see, God's law commands believers to go out into the world and preach the gospel. Sadly, many churches have delegated that ministry to some guy who is paid to be a traveling church evangelist who spends his time preaching to the choir instead of going out into the world. Because many in the church ignore God's commandment, i.e. law, about going out and sharing the gospel message of Christ to this dying world, non-born-again religious groups have happily filled that void as they diligently go out to convert unbelievers to their false beliefs. Yeah, so I'm going to stop this right here. This will be a two-part message. Um, again, your friend in Christ, uh, you can get a hold of me at him at gmail.com. Again, brethren, stay in the Word. It's the only way you're going to know the truth from a lie.